How should you handle the soon-to-be-employed Odell Beckham Jr. in your never-too-early drafts? What kind of value does Trey Lance and Sam Darnold hold in the FFPC Never-Too-Early Superflex Tournament? And is there a tight end that's brand new to the AFC North that should be going much, much higher in your FFPC best ball drafts right now? Plus, Van, uh, Paul Van Oostveen. Oost, I'm going to butcher that so many times tonight. I apologize, Paul. Paul Van Oostveen, a winner of more than $10,000 last year in the FFPC, a winner of more than $200,000 over the last two years of his best ball career, is going to drop by to talk about how he's treating rookies in his early drafts, whether a stud wideout on a new team is going to live up to the hype, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts right now. From the pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Boltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, we're going to elaborate on our stances on the Denver Broncos now that we know about the Russell Wilson knee scope. Uh, we're also going to talk about whether Cooper Cup's ADP is going to match his production this year or vice versa. And then Paul Van Oosveen, a winner of more than $10,000 last year in the FFPC, is going to swing on in to dish on a potential Kadarius Tony breakout season. What to expect with Mike Evans now that he doesn't have Tom Brady tossing him in the rock and much more. As a reminder, if you're looking for some action, look no further than MyFFPC.com. The never-too-early best ball tournament is filling up fast. I think we're a little over 70% full on that. $125 entry fee, uh, and you can win $25,000 in that. Now, the never-too-early Superflex uh, best ball tournament is very, very close to filling, and in fact, it may have already filled up. Before I promote it, I'm going to check right now just to see the real-time stats, um, what we're at. We have six spots left in that contest right now. So if you want to jump in, it's just $35 to play and you win $5,000 on that. Now, both of these tournaments are going to run all the way up to the start of the NFL draft and then they will stop. So you will not be able to get in these tournaments once the NFL draft starts. Uh, 20 round draft, 14 week regular season, three weeks of playoffs as well. Uh, you can draft with a uh, two hour clock and a 60 second clock. Those are the only two options we have left that are still open. Uh, you can also go to myffpc.com and adopt a dynasty orphan there, ladies and gentlemen. I will tell you this right now. Um, and I, I, I think I might be breaking news. I don't know if Alex wants me saying this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So the Dynasty Orphans that are available right now, $77 all the way up to $2,500. Uh, a lot of those prices are discounted, reduced uh, right now for as little as a dollar, and you can get some great deals on those. Now, once these $77 Dynasty Orphans are all picked up, we are not offering $77 uh, Dynasty Startups anymore. In its place... We're going to be offering $100 startups 
um, in, instead of the $77 ones, because I, I know it got very confusing for people to try to figure out, well, how come I don't have to pay anything for this team uh, this year, but I got to put 77 towards it next year? Well, no, we're doing it different now with the $100 leagues. Uh, you know, it, you're, you're, it, it mirrors the same deposit method and, and pay method we have for all of our other dynasty leagues. So no more confusion on that. Those, when we, when we do launch startups, um, those will be available there as well. So if you want to get a 77 league, we're not like folding those leagues at all. But if you want to get in on a, uh, uh, on one, your orphan is the orphan venue is the only way to pick up a team at myffpc.com. Also, in case you missed it last night on the high stakes, uh, fantasy football show on the better sports network, uh, I had Derek Brown on from fantasy pros. Um, and we chopped it up quite a bit about some player values and, um, draft strategy in the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship, a contest that is going to be featuring a $1 million grand prize. And um, it only costs $350 to join, which is fantastic uh, return on investment if you're able to turn $350 into a million. Drafts are going on right now. Uh, I know we've had a, um, a bunch of people sign up and draft teams already on that. You can do that at myffpc.com. And I would encourage you to do it as soon as you can uh, because uh, if you uh, register by June 1st and then draft by June 15th, um, you are going to get a free $35 lead credit into your FFPC account, and you can do that up to three times. So that's $105, more than $100 in free FFPC teams if you do that up to three times at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, uh, share, and, and notify. Uh, get notified of all these videos that we're producing. Last night, we had a great one with uh, Terp and Aiden LaCorey uh, chopping it up, watching a never-too-early best ball tournament draft, uh, giving your live analysis on that. So that was fun. Um, we're going to do stuff like that all summer long. The, the live draft coverage has already started, so fantasy football season, drafting season is officially here. But, yeah, like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this channel as well. Shout-out to Mile High Stello, who loves the show. He says he's been following it for years. We appreciate that. Thank you so much, sir. Almost as much as I appreciate my co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him as the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the commish of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC, uh, KFFSC.com. Uh, Farrell Elliott, welcome in. Welcome back, man. It's been a couple of Fridays since we've done this together. Uh, I'm glad you're back, though. It's, it's, it's never the same without you. Well, thank you, Balky. I'm, I'm glad there's still some content for our discuss uh, for us to discuss. You know, you're you're going to be having fun all summer long over there at, at Rotoviz, and we're just hanging around waiting for some breaking news. I'm actually more confused now over the 77 and the 100s, whether or not Alex wanted you to announce that. He may not have. I don't know. But you know, I got a 77 dollar team uh, orphan adopt because you told all the listeners that there's some good teams over there. So I go over there and I find one that's fantastic. It has all my favorite players. I actually had difficulty trying to figure out who to release from the team. <laughs> and there's teams like that over there. And you're saying they only cost a dollar. Some of them are only a buck. Some of them are only uh, a buck. Now I will tell, tell the listeners and the viewers this for anybody who's interested, we are gearing up um, over at KFFSC.com for the run to daylight. Sweet 16 championship, which no that one's is gonna... interested in that. No, one, I... there's no interest yeah. in that right now. <laughs> but um, we're, we're going to market it. We'll fill it. We'll get you going. But I appreciate you bringing that up, Bucky. Absolutely. But I mean, drafts no interest in that. Let's don't confuse the listeners. Have them sign up for the main event because that's when they can show up in Southern Indiana at Caesars and get to spend time. 
uh, with you and Don Erickson and the Dizzle and Two Packer and you know all the guys, the real Leroy, and that's what you want. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Sweet Sixteen uh, could be a precursor or should be your precursor to the main event in Kentucky. Um, that's going to be so much fun, and, and Cincinnati as well, obviously too. Um, and then the online drafts for sure. But you want to make sure you draft live in Louisville because that is the most fun you're going to have. All right, uh, we got Hudson Kern Reeve in the chat. We got Mile High Stello in the chat right now. So people are trickling in because the content portion of the show is now beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, Bengals Executive VP Katie Blackburn uh, had some word, interesting words, interesting choice of words uh, this past week on whether Joe Mixon is going to be starting at running back for the Bengals in 2023. Quote, right now he's on the team. And we are going to count on him until that wouldn't be the case. But, yeah, he's the guy. I think he's still got a lot of production in him. Now, Blackburn also said that she hopes that the legal issues will not be affecting Mixon, that he's going to get those resolved over the next coming weeks or perhaps months. Uh, two weeks ago, he was cleared of an off-field incident um, that involving a shooting in his neighborhood. Uh, the Bengals no longer have the services of Saman J.P. Ryan. More to come on that later on in the show. Zach Taylor was talking up Travion Williams as somebody who is progressing and maybe could contribute a little bit more than he has in his career so far there. Uh, but Mixon could be released, Farrell, and, and he is going to be turning 27 years old this year. There's obviously going to be people interested in him should he be released. In the uh, never-too-early best ball tournament ADP, which we get at FantasyMojo.com, follow Darren Armani, the godfather of the Pros versus Joes contest, and all the great ADP data uh, that we cite on this show at uh, Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. Joe Mixon has fallen to running back 22. Farrell, he's almost a seventh-round pick right now. Has the hate gone too far on Joe Mixon? Is he a guy that you want to be in business with in, uh, in business with now that he's going at that 6-7 turn? Perhaps it has, um, <clears throat> but I think I'll just let someone else take him. You know, and and, and the Browns sure are warm and fuzzy people. you get, you got to love that with uh, – with what Miss uh, Katie had to say, he's still on the team, and then she backpedaled a little bit. Um, no, I'm going to let somebody else take this risk because with the variety of rookie running backs in this draft, and the guys like Tyler Allgaier who flashed towards the end of the year, the new locations for running backs. Montgomery has a new location. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Miles Sanders has a new location. There's veteran free agents still available: Fournette and Elliott. Uh, no, let's let somebody else uh, draft the descending uh, now, but soon to future not be Bingle. Joe Mixon is going behind DeAndre Swift, Damian Pierce, and Isaiah Pacheco right now. He is still going in front of David Montgomery, Cam Akers, and Javante Williams, who we'll get to in a little bit on the program right now. I, I'm with you, Farrell. I, I don't need question marks that early in the draft. And maybe Mixon ends up in a pretty good spot, but Let's face it, once a running back is released um, after that first deal, it, it, they, they, it is rare for them to find as, as much success as they did uh, when they came into the league, and I think that could be true of Joe Mixon again. Odell Beckham apparently has offers from multiple teams right now, according to ESPN's Dan Graziano. The Jets obviously being the most likely landing spot. Now, Beckham could be waiting out this Aaron Rodgers thing to see you know, uh, um, if he's going to be uh, traded um, to the Jets, which I do think will happen at some point, but he just probably wants to make sure that'd be my guess at, you know, why he has not signed yet. Um, I don't know what kind of deal he's going to get. 21 games uh, has he played in the NFL since the 2020 season, thanks to some ACL injuries. But um, Odell Beckham, 
is a guy that, as I look at the ADP on him right now, Farrell, he is a guy that is going as wide receiver 56 in the 12th round behind Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, and Jalen Hyatt right in front of Sky Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Rondale Moore. He hasn't played a ton. Is the juice worth the squeeze here in the in the 12th round, knowing what Beckham is capable of, but also understanding that you know he, he's not a spring chicken anymore? Well, I think he is, and in this format, that's exactly what we want. And assuming that he will be in better form towards the end of the year than he would be in the start, that's what we want in the never-too-early best balls. Mm-hmm. The way the league works, we we uh, try to get out of your original 12 and then keep going. And so if he can if he can marshal all those activities, chase, uh, chase uh, get the rust off, develop a relationship with the quarterback, and get – his ceiling is so high that in the in the double digit weeks he might be the kind of guy that can carry you through the championship better so than a Jalen Hyatt who's a rookie player who's likely to hit the wall a Sky Moore who is uh, still part of a, a tremendous group of talent uh, although it has been somewhat diluted I think they will replace it at Kansas City so you know those kind of players have question marks next to them too there's no question marks next to Beckham. Other than will his body hold? And so far, he's uh, you know he's he's recovered and he's he's ready to play. I don't usually use the term league winner a, a whole lot, but I think it does apply to Beckham here. A um, mm-hmm. couple of things here, and I, I think you alluded to this. This is the type of player that you want to be looking at in in order to beat out a, you know a couple thousand teams to try to win a national tournament. Um, Odell Beckham has already demonstrated that he can do it. Um, and we knew that there were reports floating around when Rogers, you know, the last couple of years that Rodgers wanted Beckham and Rodgers is buddies with Beckham. And, and now it seems like these two could hook up uh, in New York. Now that doesn't always mean great things. Uh, right. I mean, Derek Carr and Devonte Adams hooked up in Las Vegas. Now Carr's no longer on the team, but I think that there are signs pointing to Odell Beckham here as, as, as being a significant, now he's still got a low floor, right? But he still could have, he still does have a significant uh, significantly high ceiling, and that's what you want to be looking for in the 12th round of uh, of the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Um, Frank Reich said this week uh, that about DJ Chark, who they just signed, um, quote, we want to develop him into a complete receiver, widen his route tree. It's not just going to be all the vertical stuff down the field. This is according to David Newton on Twitter. David Newton, I believe, is the Panthers beat writer for ESPN.com. Chark recently had surgery. He might be out for OTAs. Um, but Carolina, it's not like, you know, DJ Moore is not walking through that door anymore. He's walking through the door in Chicago. You're going to be looking at, uh, Terrace Marshall here, um, in in Carolina, as well as Adam Thielen, who they just gave a lot of money to Chark has never been healthy. Um, he started more than 12 games one time in five NFL seasons. I'd like to think that his role is going to be bigger, um, in, uh, Carolina that it was in Detroit than it was in, in Jacksonville. And again, it, it, I, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but the player is like free right now. Wide receiver 72 at the 1604 currently. And that's the type of guy that, that, um, you know, and, and he's going, um, Hunter Renfro, Tim Patrick, Romeo Dobbs, dubs. God, I got the pronunciation right last season. And now I, I totally forgot. You've been talking to me. That's why. I, it, <laughs> Renfro, Patrick, and Dubs are going in front of him. Rashid, Shahid, Michael Gallup, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling right behind him. So I think Chark is is not necessarily a guy, Farrell, that I want to grab late in all my drafts, but I definitely want some exposure to him. I don't think you want him in all, Bucky. I don't. I think coaches uh, 
drinking the Kool-Aid of his roster here. There, there's a reason. Um, six foot four, 195 pounds. Unlike a lot of big receivers, he does not pluck the ball real well. He has to separate from the coverage, and he's very, very good at that when healthy. I don't think he has the route running skills. There, there's a reason he's vertical, and, and mm-hmm. I don't believe he's developed the route running skills. He's a big guy, which takes him a lot of time to get through his movements uh, on the field. I, I don't see it, and um, I think you could be served better by drafting all those players around him than you should by this player. I'm ready to let everyone else take the risk on a player who had one significant year. Uh, it's like the guys that quit playing fantasy football around COVID. They can come back and they'll draft DJ Chark because back before COVID, that's when he was doing his thing during and before. Since then, he hasn't done much. Yeah, um, we do have uh, Paul Van Oosveen coming up here in just a minute. The last thing I want to get to before we get to Paul um, – and by the way, Scott Rieger chiming in on Facebook right now. Charks also has ankle issues, and he's always struggled to stay on the field. And that's the thing. It's like you're looking for the spike weeks, but at, at a certain point, um, you don't want to overload yourself with the exposure uh, to Chark. Get him on a couple of your teams, but you don't want to um, get him on all your teams, as Farrell just pointed out so eloquently. David Lombardi on Twitter said that Kyle Shanahan stated Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are going to split first-team reps this offseason. Um, now – Brock Purdy is recovering from offseason elbow surgery. I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, uh, Farrell, with, with Dave Terpoli, but John Lynch basically said that, um, in not so many words, that Purdy's going to be the starter once he's healthy. I don't really know what's going to happen here in this backfield, uh, for in this, in this quarterback room. I don't know when Purdy's going to be ready to go. I don't know if Sam Darnold's going to be able to show anything in a Shanahan offense. And I don't know what the future is for Trey Lance in San Francisco. I mean, they're talking about um, there, there's people out there saying that maybe Lance gets moved to a different team. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces here. How do you see this for fantasy football? What should we be doing? Especially when we talk about the never too early Superflex best ball tournament right now at the FFPC. How do we handle this 49ers quarterback position? I think Purdy is virtually um, free as well. And so that would be my number three quarterback when I can get to him. And uh, based on what Lynch said, and you know, Lynch, is the unusual aspect of being a general manager and a very, very recent and a successful player in the league. You know, you, you don't have a lot of general managers who are also in the hall of fame. We've also been a, you know, this is a, this is a player that um, he uses real words. Uh, he's, he's, he's not trying to, he's telling it like it is. And, and, you know, the, the medical staff there is one of the better ones in the league. They have an understanding of when the players are going to be ready. I think we can count on Purdy being ready. And I I don't think the nature of the injury is going to preclude him from picking up right where he left off. I, I, so just kind of curious, like your your thoughts on Trey Lance, what's his future in the NFL? doesn't sound like you think it's going to be in San Francisco. No, and I believe that player someday will get his chance. Uh, he's been in a situation where his body has failed him as well. With some People talk about Trey Lance like he hasn't played because of the skill issues. It hasn't been that way. When he has, we, 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 he, he hasn't been available when he's needed to be available. It's had to be a frustrating career for this player. I'm hoping he gets it straightened out, and I'm hoping he can get on the field. But he himself – to get on the field is probably going to have to get out of San Francisco. You're exactly mm-hmm. right, Balky. Yeah. And, and people people still that scouted him still, still believe in him. Hey, you mentioned Scott. Scott, besides talking about Shark, which I think we can all agree to that, but here's something else we can agree with. He says, heading to 
He should call it Las Vegas, not Vegas. Heading to Las Vegas this year for my first main event. Have two teams and ready to roll. That's my kind of guy. And Mark's already committed to being – I hope he brings some of these guys with him out here. They look like a good crew. I wonder where they're from. They should maybe come to Kentucky and hang with you, Bobby. Oh, that'd be fun, too. See him in Louisville and see him. I'm all for Scott. That's, you know, here we are, you know, in March. People are watching baseball for some reason. You know, they, they had XFL football on tonight, uh, Balky, the Arlingtons and the Seattles, and the Seattles won. And uh, I've now discovered with all the various leagues that there is football on every week of the entire year. It's it's. I had to get into my 60s before I realized it's heaven on earth. It's a great situation. It I just wanted to throw that in there. Congratulations, Scott. Um, uh, Scott is from Tampa via Detroit. Oh, yeah, Tampa is two of my favorite cities. One you can get, one you can celebrate in, one you can relatively get murdered in quickly. But, you know, if we can get him to fly the nonstop into Louisville, I'll pick him up in the airport where uh, he can. Uh, he can draft all weekend long here in Kentucky. Nonstop yeah. flights from Tampa all day. Yeah, certainly stay safe in Tampa, as Farrell yeah. would caution you. <laughs> and right. I love and uh, Yes, I know. I know. Uh, nice. Let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He is a uh, high-volume best ball grinder with more than $200,000 in best ball profit mm. in just the last two years. He took down the 2021 Underdog Big Dog Tournament and was a four-time finalist last year in the FFPC best ball tournament. He's here to tonight uh, to discuss commanders, running backs, Lamar Jackson's draft value, and much more. Please welcome onto the show, Mr. Paul Van Oostveen. Paul, thanks for spending your Friday night with us, man. We really appreciate it. What's up? Thanks for having me. It's exciting to have you on. Um, when you So kick things off right away. When you are not winning all this cash, in fantasy football, what are you doing for a living, or is this what you're doing for a living? Is just grinding uh, best ball leagues? It's not. I am a engineer, uh, yeah, um, specifically a. a so I work in acoustic consulting. Acoustic consulting, interesting. Yeah. Very. Of which, how, how's how's my audio? Your audio sounded great. <laughs> that would look, that would look better bad. than <laughs> anyone's. <laughs> better than anyone's, Paul. Better than anyone's. Um. You know, there's a guy that could benefit from a little consulting, acoustic and otherwise, and down in Florida. Where are you from, Paul? I'm in Canada, Toronto. Oh, yeah, Toronto. Okay, wonderful. CFL is coming our way. Uh, <laughs> the Paul. Oh, Couldn't care. Uh, Damn, well, Paul, you're Don't missing say that. Don't That's say a that. whole other conversation. <laughs> but, you know, a guy that might be joining you in Toronto, if he doesn't clear up his act, is Lamar Jackson. Now, the the situation with this player, there's just a whole lot of drama. Now I'm on my third never too early league. And if you haven't you haven't drafted never too early, you're missing a lot of fun. So all this drama with Lamar. In the first draft that I was in back in late January, he goes in the fifth round. In the next two drafts through February and now March, both drafts, he goes in the fifth round. And even though he's in the news every day and the questions, a lot of things swirling around him, he's fantasy players are still drafting him in the same spot. Is that a good investment, bad investment? Where do you stand on it? I hope it's a good investment because he's my highest owned player. Hmm. Um, mostly in the fifth. Today I took him at 601, so 
basically still the fifth, but he has been slipping a little bit. Um, I think he's going to play. You like, what makes you like him, especially for, and since you've had such great success in this format, what makes you like a player who's not playing now and for the last two seasons hasn't played much after the 12th or 13th game when you're going to need him? I mean, I'm not too concerned about him not playing the past two seasons. I don't weigh in a lot of in, like past injury stuff for the most part. I don't think he's any – maybe he's slightly more likely to get in, injured than someone else because of his style of play, but I don't weight that too okay. much. I think the main thing now is the talk that he might not play, which would be if he might sit out or whatever. Um, I just don't think that's too likely at this point. I don't either. Like, what, what would you think? What would you call the odds of him not playing this season? Very well, that, distant. Very and, distant. But it, the season could start without him playing also. That's the other aspect to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Paul. On a scale of, of 1 to 10, with 1 being no concern at all and 10 being full, full-blown full panic mode, how concerned would you about be about Lamar Jackson not playing uh, this season? Is it like a 2 for you right now? Yeah, I'd say he's like ninety to ninety-five percent okay. chance of playing this season. Um, and it, and if that's the case, to get him in, like you said, you're taking him mostly in the fifth round. That's where he's going five hundred four in the never too early best ball tournament right now. But if that's the case, um, then then he's a steal in the fifth round, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the way I see it. So if he was definitely playing, I think he'd be going close to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. ish about two rounds uh higher yeah, than he's going like, now so i think yeah. i think it basically comes down to what's his odds of not playing versus how much of an advantage do you have by getting a two-round discount on him and i think that's more of an advantage so say he has a 10 percent chance of not playing I think the advantage that your team has is higher than 10%. So um, so right now I'll, I'll, I'll put Scott's question up here for you, Paul. He said if you're taking Jackson and, and given knowing that there is a, a risk to it, where are you usually drafting your second quarterback then to sort of mitigate that risk? Or, or is um, when you're trying to win $25,000 in the never too early best ball tournament, is it just a case of like, look, I'm – I, I, I'm I'm all about taking the risk. I'm not going to change my quarterback strategy. Um, if I have Lamar Jackson on my team, I'm not going to let that affect the rest of my roster construction. How does how do you how do you sort of answer that question um, with your second running back? Does it change where you draft him if you have J- Jackson as your number one? No, it doesn't change it. I'm if I draft him, I'm playing as if he's playing the full season. So I'm treating him as an elite guy. I'm acting like I have a Justin Fields or a Jalen Hurts or a Josh Allen. I'll take a second QB, usually not taking a third QB. Hmm. Paul, um, I, I think one of the things that people always have a tough time getting a handle on in the never-too-early tournament is um, the proper amount of rookies to draft, um, roster construction and how rookies figure into that knowing when to strike uh, on the on the, the rookies that, number one, we've never seen them on an NFL field, and number two, we don't know which NFL team they're going to be playing for, right? Um, is now the time to, to be striking hot on, on these rookies in the never-too-early tournaments because they tend to go a little bit lower now because there's many more unknowns on these players than what we'll have after the NFL draft where we'll know roll. 
and will no team and will no fit, everything like that. You find yourself hammering rookies a little bit because you can get a value on them right now? Yeah, I've been taking a ton of them. Um, I'm basically just mixing mixing them all and taking whichever one falls. Um, there seems to be a lot of, like not a, a lot of consensus, especially like there's a consensus at the top, but then there's like a big blob of guys and mm-hmm. I'll just take whichever one falls the lowest out of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I have I have exposure to basically all of the um, all of them. You, you know, Bob, he, <clears throat> Paul doesn't deal with with uncertainty. That's not something that bothers him. But I wanted you to give our listeners uh, a little certainty, Paul, just on who your favorite uh, rookies are. If, for instance, my favorite group of rookies. This year, well, a lot of fantasy players say the rookie tight end can't help you, but I love the rookie tight end class this year. I, I'm I'm very tepid about the quarterback class. Uh, perhaps at the top, I like it a little better than I do at the end of the first round. What what do you, who are just some of the players that you particularly like? Yeah, I've been taking those tight ends late. Um, I think the guys I like the most would be wide receivers like two to six so i don't have a ton of smith and the jig smith and jigba um he's going the highest i think he's highly likely to end up on a bad team and have his adp fall because he's going to be the top wide receiver drafted most likely if he goes at like close to 10 to 15 he's going to end up on who knows new england or baltimore or something like that and he's i think his adp is going to go down um, but the next cluster of guys, so Quentin Johnson, Addison, uh, Hyatt, Downs, and I'm missing someone, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, I have, yeah. I have tons of those guys. Um, hopefully a couple of them go late in the first. I'm a Bills fan, so hopefully the Bills take one of them. Uh, hopefully the Chiefs take one of them. But these guys – because they have a chance of going late first, I think have a much higher chance of ending up on a good team. Um, so yeah, I think I think a, at least a couple of them will see significant ADP bumps once they end up on a team. And, and Paul, it, it it sounds like it, this is not there's not a personal preference for any of these guys right now. You're just purely looking at like which one is falling. And if it happens to be Flowers, then it's then you're taking Flowers. If that's me, Johnston, you're taking him. You don't you're not picking favorites out of these receivers, right? No, I'm not a big college football guy. I'm not a big like prospect guy. I don't play Dynasty, so I don't have like hot takes on any of these guys. Um, <laughs> right. I li- I listen to other people, let them like take in their opinions. Um, yeah, and it seems like everybody has, like, those five guys especially. It seems like Downs has kind of fallen to the sixth guy, which he's the guy who I, I have the most of. Um, but, yeah, besides that, like, the two to four, I've seen people put them in all kinds of different orders. So um, I'll just basically take the stance that I don't have an opinion on any of them and just take the one that falls the latest. Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting. Um, as I'm looking at the, the never-too-early um, – best ball ADP right now. You're looking at Quentin Johnston in the ninth, Zay Flowers in the 10th. I beg your pardon, Jordan Addison in the 10th, Zay Flowers in the 11th, Jalen Hyatt in the 12th, and then Josh Downs like in the 14th uh, right now. So I, yeah, he has uh, fallen yes, quite a bit uh, below those other guys. Um, 
So, so let me ask you this, as we shift back to a non-rookie conversation, TJ Hawkinson was the toast of the Twin Cities last year. After he got traded from Detroit, he put up some really good numbers with Kirk Cousins. And I'm kind of curious uh, to your thoughts on, on this player, given that it was a small sample size last year, but he is threatening to be the number two tight end off the board. Right now, I think he is about a half round behind Mark Andrews still. But TJ Hawkinson is going as the tight end three. This is the highest he's ever gone uh, in the FFPC uh, ADP in his career. Is he likely to do what he did last year in that small sample size for a full season this coming year in Minnesota, Paul? I love TJ Hawkinson. He might be my tight end two ahead of Andrews even. Gun to my head if I had to take one of them. Um, I don't know why Andrews still goes so far ahead of him with Lamar falling. Um, people seem to like, – Andrews goes all the time in the second, and then the team that takes him passes on Andrews – or passes on Lamar multiple Jackson. times. Yeah. So I don't know what exactly is the plan. If they, if they think that – the team drafting Andrews, if they think that Lamar is still on Baltimore, shouldn't they be taking him – to stack with Andrews. Um, Cause I think if they had a different QB, Andrews would definitely fall. Have um, you, have you gotten a lot of Mark Andrews this year or you've been just getting Hawkinson instead? I've taken him a couple times, but I have much more Hawkinson. Okay. Um, and have, yeah, have, I think when you've drafted Andrews, have you stacked him with Jackson when, when you could I think, yeah, I think okay. every time, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what you think about DJ Moore. I'd like to know what your history has been with this player because I've, you've had some success here in best ball. And I've often thought that I never could trust this player necessarily with the quarterback mix he had, you know, I looked it up. He had uh, equal starts this past year uh, from uh, Mayfield and uh, uh, the kid that came in from the, um, uh, from the XFL, I can't remember his name. Balky, maybe uh, yeah. you can help me out on that. Is it Johnson? PJ Walker. 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 And and then uh, uh, the kid now that's out at uh, San Francisco, the the woebegone journeyman, Sam Darnold, who's in his fourth year in the league and already. So anyway, this is what Moore had last year, and he still seemed to have his moments, although they're. They seem to be more difficult to come by. Now he moves to Chicago. Your thoughts on what he can do with a quarterback there that say what you want about him. He never throws the ball 30 times a game, but he's accurate. And I'm, I'm curious what you see about uh, DJ Moore this year with, with the, uh, with the bears. Um, I think he becomes a lot more boom bust than he was. I think if he was just going back to the Panthers, we'd know that he was the alpha, like high 20s target share guy, most likely going to get a thousand yards and I don't know, two two touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know. He was, he's never a big touchdown guy. Maybe I don't know how many. The whole team. Five or six. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think his potential upside goes up significantly in Chicago. If, especially if they decide to pass. I think Fields is a much more capable QB than what he's dealt with the past few seasons. Um, But they could stick with the style that they played last season and 
throw it 20 times a game and then you're not going to be happy with, you know, two catches. Yeah, he is a man in search of a quarterback. And you know, Fields is very difficult uh, to, to get behind Fields in the first three games last year. And he was probably a better quarterback for the team. Then they let him throw more and they never won another game. But it was wonderful <laughs> for fantasy football. And then this past year, you know, he rushed for 700 more yards, which was than he did his rookie year. So I, I don't know where all that figures with more, but I'm I'm likely to give him a better shot with the Bears. So so I disagree with you. This is why they won't let me on Roto, this uh, Paul, because I disagree with the the guest, you know. And so you can't do that over there, but we can do it here. But it's uh, but you know I am going back to reevaluate when I disagree with you. Because I think that your logic is strong, and I'm I'm going to key myself into it. So I'm back to my phone to find some stats to support you. So you do that, but Paul, let me ask you this: 408 is where DJ Moore is going right now. He's wide receiver 18. You obviously want like boom type players. Now he's boom bust. Is that too early for you from a draft from a philosophical standpoint here uh, on how you build your teams? Is 408 too early to start going with a boom-bust player like like DJ Moore, or is, is he a fine pick there when you're trying to beat everybody out for this 25 grand? No, I think that's fine. Um, I've taken him at about that spot. Um, I think he's going to f- – I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I thought he was going to fall when he was traded because um, he was going to the team that had, you know, threw the ball the least times last season. I think the, the the least in the past few seasons. Um, and there, there really hasn't much of a drop-off in his ADP. No, like he went he, up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, let, okay, so let's talk about this here. Um, Washington Commander's backfield, I, I feel like this is going to be a Rubik's Cube that we are going to be trying to solve over the course of, of the next three or four months or, or whatever it is here, uh, five months. Um, do you have a favorite commander's running back that you have been getting in drafts this year um, between Robinson and, and Gibson specifically? Out of those two, I like Gibson. Um, he's the pass catcher. I like him in PPR, um, especially with did, – did McKissick play last season? He played a bit, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gone now. I think they have to draft someone, though, or they will draft someone. Um, they have the highest odds, I think, to draft uh, B. John Robinson, which would obviously tank both of those guys. So, yeah, I, I still do like Gibson. I think he's a good value where he goes. Um, not a huge fan of Robinson where he goes because I think he could end up as a backup quite quickly. Antonio Gibson at the 12.02 right now in the Never Too Early uh, you're looking at Brian Robinson at the 10.05, which is it. I, I mean, are you surprised to see that yeah. the non-pass catcher is going around and a half earlier? I, I I don't know if I understand that. Well, he got a ton of carries last season. I guess that's why. He yeah, was like yeah, I know you're right. The game, but yeah, yeah, give me the guy, especially with a new or new OC at least. Um, we don't know how he's going to use these guys, so yeah, give me the guy who's cheaper and catches passes. So a lot of guys catching passes out at San Francisco last year. Balky brought up the question about who's going to be the quarterback in camp, who's going to be the quarterback when the season starts. Uncertainty's here. You kind of like to trust the situation that it will all work out. 
uh, what are you doing in these drafts with 49er players? I, I think that uh, from what I've noticed, the Debo Samuel seems to be holding strong. Ayuk seems to be dropping. Um, Kittle is still thought of as a as an upper rate tight end. Uh, McCaffrey goes off the boards for a second, third player. Anything else you're doing with these guys? Do you favor one over the other? Do you, do you have a feel for the Niners? Um, I love the elite tight ends. We kind of touched on that with Hawkinson. So I take a lot of Kittle, um, especially with the, I think the QB, I don't know if it's even news, but the speculation that it might be uh, Brock Purdy instead of Lance. I think that helps Kittle because he went nuts at the end of last season. Mm-hmm with Purdy as QB. So yeah, if Lance is the QB, I don't like any of these guys because I don't trust him as a passer, but yeah, if they have a capable QB. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think they're all, I'd, I'd say Kittle's my favorite, but yeah, I think they're all okay. What about the, uh, what about the backfield? Um, I mean, obviously McCaffrey is going super high, so you can grab him when you can, but anybody else in that Niners backfield that you like this year? Uh, yeah, I like Eli Mitchell. Uh, he's a good handcuff. Is there anyone else in that backfield that I'm missing? I, it, 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 it's number one, it's the, it's the Niners backfield, right? So it's, it's like, <laughs> they go through about a half dozen of these guys before October every single year. Um, and my my first inclination is to say, oh, Trey Sermon, but he's in Philadelphia, so he's not there anymore. But if you look at the at the Niners depth chart right now, it's McCaffrey and Mitchell. Then you have the undrafted Wunderkind in Jordan Mason on the squad. And then they had a guy, everybody's favorite darling in rookie drafts for Dynasty last year, in Tyrion Davis-Price. That's another guy, too. Uh, third round, I want to say, out of LSU. I, I could be wrong on that. And then Kyle Juszczyk is technically in the backfield, although he's more of like an H-back type guy. So there are guys that that we have seen in, in that backfield make waves in fantasy drafts, but maybe not necessarily make waves in fantasy scoring. Yeah, it used to always be they had a new lead back each season. Wasn't that the the narrative? Yeah, uh, yeah, think, it really was. I don't know. I, I think CMC was the lead back last season. Yep. When he came, obviously, yeah. Was. Hey, Once he's on the team, yeah. So I think right, I think that'll stay. But yeah, I like Eli Mitchell. I think um, I think he's one of the best handcuffs. And and he was being drafted as because I know I was doing this in Kentucky. I was drafting him um, as my second running back in like the fifth sixth round, and then he got hurt, and obviously it didn't didn't help me out when McCaffrey came over to San Francisco as well. But yeah, I mean, there's there's everybody who had their darling last year uh, in in the Niners backfield. Let's get to some emails here. And the first email I'm not going I'm going to get to is not an email at all. It's from our resident Ivy League professor Hudson oh. Kern Reeve. He chimed in, and Kern probably thought I forgot about this, but I didn't. He wants to know, and Paul, I'll throw this to you: Would you rather have ta- uh, Tyler uh, Tyler Algier this year uh, in Atlanta, or would you rather have Rashad Penny in Philadelphia? Which one of those two do you like better? I I guess at the Mm, that's tough because <laughs> I think I think the Fal- Falcons could draft it back. Actually, I think both of these teams could draft it back. Um, at the moment, I guess Algier, but it's it's close. And you're not loving e- e- either one of them, right? Uh, 
I, I do like Penny, um, but I I would wait. Well, I'm personally kind of waiting to draft him until post-draft, see if they add anyone to that backfield. Um, he's also gone up so much in cost that so many teams have him with like a 16th, 17th, 18th round pick. So you're kind of getting bad value on him now compared to those teams. Yeah. Um, L- yeah, let I'm, me – go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. Okay, so, Paul, we have a uh, an email here and also a question from the chat room. I'm going to mix them together here the best I can. <laughs> Corey in Providence, Rhode Island writes, Hey, Paul, now that Juju Smith-Schuster has moved on, are we going to see a breakout season from Kadarius Tony? Thanks so much, man. Thank you, Corey, in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, that's what he wants to know specifically about Tony. But Mile High Stello wants to know, if we can chat about the Chiefs' weapons in general, including Tony, but let's throw in Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and then perhaps um, knowing that there is a non-zero chance that they might add either DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham. Again, not likely, but still possible. Your thoughts on the Chiefs uh, and Patrick Mahomes' weapons this year, specifically Kadarius Tony, Paul? Yeah, I love Tony. He would be my favorite of those guys. Um and then the one guy you didn't mention, MBS, I think he's a good mm-hmm. late pick as well. Um, he he had an absolutely huge game in the, what was it, the conference finals? I think if that was the last game of the season, if they had lost that game, I think he'd be going five, six rounds higher than he is now. Because then he did, nothing, he did nothing in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> so right. That was the last thing we saw of him. Yeah, Um, which is so weird how that works, right? Like, if um, yeah, in the Super Bowl, Sky Moore caught his first touchdown of the season, and then he's going way way ahead of MBS. How much more attractive are these players in this format? These chief weapons. uh, How much more attractive are they than will we be out at Planet Hollywood drafting in the main event? If you could jump ahead to that. How many rounds of bonus do they get? How much higher do they go now? Because if I don't have to make the decision on which one of these guys to start, I want to stack up as many of them as I can to get them on my team. But, man, if I got to pencil them in against a bunch of other players that I feel I can count on, it can get a little tough. Um, Yeah, I haven't played the main event, but I I think what you said makes sense. yeah, I well, think you, I think you need to mix it. Not necessarily it does. You haven't played in the main event? Not yet, he hasn't. No. You must come. You you must come, Paul. You will love well, it. I'm, I'm playing it this season. I won a bunch of tickets last year, four tickets. You, so You will taunt you. Um, it would be fantastic. Paul, or, or, this Paul and Farrell, I'll just point this out. So I have Marquez Valdez-Scantling's playoff game logs here from this season. Jacksonville, one catch for six yards and a touchdown. Cincinnati, as Paul pointed out, AFC Championship, six catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. And to to channel my Dean Vernon Wormer from Animal House in the Super Bowl, (laughs) 0.0 receptions, 0.0 yards, 0.0 touchdowns. Fat, drunk, and catchless is no way to go through life. (laughs) Uh, That was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which is crazy. If they would have lost the in the, the championship, Bengals, don't we go into the offseason saying, oh, look, last game of the season, they finally clicked. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait right. for next year. 
Um, one more email here for you, Paul, and then, and then Farrell has one more question for you. This is from Lonnie in Fresno. Uh, what's up, Paul? What kind of year are you expecting for Mike Evans without Tom Brady? Thank you for the email, Lonnie. We appreciate it. Uh, by the way, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is where to send your emails in that we can read to the guests. Uh, your thoughts on Mike Evans this year? Have you been drafting him at all? What kind of season he's going to put up? And we, we still don't officially know who the quarterback is going to be in Tampa either. Uh, I have drafted him a little bit. I was hoping one of those guys would get created. I guess they still could, him or Godwin, because um, that would open up opportunities for the one who stays and hopefully the one who gets moved gets moved to a good spot. Um, I'd say I'm more concerned, assuming that Baker is the QB, I'd be more concerned about Godwin than Evans. Because mm. I think he can... Evans is so touchdown independent, although they might not score many touchdowns. So that might not be good. But I, I can just see Baker just kind of hucking it down the field and Evans go get it. Whereas Godwin, Godwin needed those, needed the high volume that came with playing with Tom Brady. He needed Brady passing it 50 times a game and he could catch 10 of those. Yeah. If they have a QB throwing it 28 times a game, you know, that becomes five catches for Godwin. Whereas Mike Evans could, you know, catch a long bomb and, you know, a couple deep touchdowns and still have some spike weeks that way. Um, Godwin catches a lot of balls close to the line of scrimmage as well. And yeah, I'm not sure Baker Mayfield will ever see him. You know, <laughs> he's got a sneak pass. You know, and I, I, that takes me to my question that I get to ask every week. And, and, and Paul, I, I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad we've already talked about Baker Mayfield because you, now you can't use him because you can't use players that we've already talked about. But you got to find a player that you absolutely won't be drafting. For me, that's been Baker Mayfield since the beginning of time. And then t- tell me someone that you just – that you just – all these teams, these best ball teams that you have, just someone that you you've got to have that you, you just you just want him every draft. You know, he's your he's your go to guy. Doesn't have to be a could even be a double digit draft pick if you want, but a, a guy you got to love and a guy you got to hate. Straight from Toronto. Uh, okay, guy I hate. That's tough because I, as we've kind of hinted at, I'll take almost play, anyone. Play in the off, play in the main event. Play in the main event where you've got to start so many of them, and then you'll find some guys to hate. I promise <laughs> you, that format, you'll, that's a whole other thing. Okay, go ahead. So at cost at the moment, this could change, but I do not like the cost of Travis Etienne. Mm. Um, he seems to go, maybe he's been falling lately, but he seems to go ahead of guys like Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, I would put him behind all of those guys. Um, I'd also put him behind all the wide receivers that go in that that kind of um, spot in the draft. Um, that'd be like Metcalf, Olave, those guys. But yeah, ETN, I think people think he catches a lot more passes than he does. He doesn't catch a lot of passes, and somehow he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. I'm not sure why that is if he's not used by the goal line. He had like five touchdowns last season, an offense that was quite good. Um, so if he doesn't catch passes and he doesn't score touchdowns, I'm not sure what he is doing going as high as he does. 
I think uh, he chased James Robinson out of town and called it a career. I think that's what he, <laughs> he said, okay, James is gone and now my work is done here. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's weird because like you, you, you draft a running back that high and as Paul pointed out, like, okay, so if you're drafting him that high, well, clearly he's catching passes or scoring a bunch of touchdowns, right? And it's neither is the case. He's going at the 307. Now, now, Paul, you're right. He has fallen now. Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard have moved ahead of him, but he still is ahead of Ramondre Stevenson and Najee Harris. Uh, he is behind all those three, the, the three receivers, Olave and Metcalf, and then the other guy is T. Higgins, who's usually going there, who's now wearing jersey number five this year. I don't know if that affects him at all for, for fantasy. But ETN has now fallen to running back 12 at the 307 there. Um, and uh, yeah, he falls um, to the fourth maybe i'd take a bit right. of him but yeah i still don't love it where he's going i t- i would take stevenson ahead of him still right he catches um, a lot of touchdowns or catches a lot of passes i i know that you have said you you've drafted a lot of lamar jackson george kittle you said you've been drafting in a lot of spots uh as well um and hawkinson too are there any other players that that you really like this season that Maybe you've been getting sniped on or players that you've, you've been targeting, but you haven't cashed in on them or players that you have cashed in because um, they, they've fallen to you and you've, you've gotten them in a bunch of spots. Um, let me see. We've talked about actually a lot of my highest owned guys. Um, I take a lot of Jalen Waddle in the second. Mm. Um, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about him. I just think he's good. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think him and Tyreek, um, he could easily be the one one A. Or or I think the gap between them could be a lot closer than it has been in the past. Um, I've been I've been saying that. I, I know I said it a, a ton about Chase and, and Higgins last year. And quite frankly, there's there's another gap. It's smaller than it widened, yeah. Uh, T. Higgins, 303, Jamar Chase, uh, 103. So it's still about two rounds uh, difference. Um, let's. I, I, I know that we said that was going to be the last question. We're going to have one more question for you. I'm going to put it up on the screen right now here. This is from Scott in our Facebook chat. Um, talking about running backs that change teams. Jamal Williams, Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny, David Montgomery. You said you did like Penny a little bit, but do you like him better than any of these other three guys? Jamal Williams, now a Saint. Miles Sanders, now a Panther. David Montgomery. Now a line. Your thoughts on any of those guys standing out to you more than the others, uh, Paul? Um, I'd say I like David Mon- Montgomery out of those guys. I think, um, Montgomery. I'm just looking up his ADP right now. Uh, running back twenty three at the seven oh three. He is going behind Pacheco and Mixon. He's going right in front of Cam Akers and Javante Williams right now. So Montgomery seven oh three. I like him. I like him in that spot. I would. Yeah. I think he should be close, if not ahead of Swift. I when I was talking with Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros last night, he said the same thing. In fact, he said he thinks there's going to be a flip where by the time we get into the the, the meat of drafting season, he thinks Montgomery is actually going to be going ahead of Swift in drafts. And it sounds no, like you might see that. that the same way, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he seems like he seems like he could be more of the lead back there. They don't seem to like to give the ball to Swift much. No. Um, I like Sanders better than all those guys. Sanders in Carolina. No Sanders. 
you know, there's there's commentary about that offensive line down there. But if you look after the trade, whoever they moved into that running back position uh, did fairly well. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so I think there's some upside there. I know Deontay Foreman, he's moved on to Chicago. Um, just a fun question to end things tonight, Paul. $200,000 in two years. Have you blown all that money? Have you spent it all already? <laughs> no, no. Hey. <laughs> You invested in a nice desk lamp back there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that layout looks great. That, that looks is great. actually known as an engineer's desk lamp. I, I, you know, I bought it, one in college trying to help me better in math. It didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> no. I, have, have, have you had any fun purchases with the cash, Paul? You need that? Or, or is it all, still all in the rainy day fund? Yeah, it's all just in savings or uh, okay. on various well, basketball sites. <laughs> right. Yes, I get it. Uh, Paul, <laughs> thank you so much, dude. Uh, this was very enlightening for me. Anybody who is drafting uh, early right now, I think they learned a lot uh, as well tonight. Uh, congratulations on all your success uh, over the last couple of years. Good luck in your debut in the main event. Good luck in all your leagues uh, this year. Uh, certainly appreciate you carving out some time. Uh, in uh, in your busy schedule for us tonight. And go Bills, right? Go Bills, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. We appreciate you, man. Thanks. Have a good See one. You, See you guys. Paul Van uh, Paul Van uh, Van Oostbeen. Um, yeah, but you were you were so a broadcast so, professional so. like you, Paulie V. And you Paulie V. That last name. Yeah, Paul Van Oostbeen uh, joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, very interesting stuff tonight. And I think, um, you know, we, I don't want to say we never get volume players on this program um, because we do, but I think to, to get a perspective from a guy who does draft a lot to, to talk a little bit about, you know, um, not only game theory on what players you should be drafting and where, but if you have multiple teams, you know, the, the, the number of shares that you want to get um, for, for each squad, uh, he'll draft players. He doesn't necessarily love, but he'll draft them just, you know, for for the FOMO of it, and and to make sure that he's covering all his bases and trying to win this twenty five. Fear of missing out. FOMO. Fear of missing out. You got it, Farrell. Just out, help out, uh, Randy. You know, uh, Danny Mueller sitting out there in Oklahoma trying to understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> what's what's a FOMO? Is what he a new is tight a end for the Lions? I did, haven't heard did of. He him. just <laughs> called Farrell a name. Danny will get offended. If you're calling me names, Bucky, and that's not – we don't want that on the show. No. I think we have high-volume players on all the time. Uh, Do we really? Well – I mean, Jay Reed's a high-volume player. We, we just had him on for sure. Petra um, drafts every day. Yeah, uh, that's another and, one. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's uh, – yeah, I, I'm sure that there's there's lots of high volume guys. You know, yeah, maybe we do. Maybe we do have high volume players. I know, it's Paul, just like- Paul does not like the CFL game, but since he hasn't spent any of this money after the game, when I'm in Toronto, I'm going to call him and, and tell him, Paulie, get over to Love Child. I had to look it up, but Love Child, that was a lot. It, it's my favorite place in Toronto. It's in the mm. King West. It's a Love Child. It's a Love child. Interesting. Um, all right. So let's, let's blow through these emails here. We'll get to as many, many of them as we can. Um, Tom in Chicago, I'm worried about a repeat from last year for the Rams. So am I wrong to think that Cooper cups ADP is too high right now? Thanks guys. That is Tom in Chicago. Uh, if last year's a repeat for the Rams, then yes, 
Cooper Cup is going too high. The question is, if he does stay healthy and Matthew Stafford's out there, um, does he meet that ADP right now of 107? Farrell, I don't know what you've been doing when you've had mid-first-round picks. How have you been handling Cooper Cup? You could never go wrong drafting Cooper Cup. Okay. Regardless of quarterback, regardless of, of that. Well, now we, are, we, we have the news that we expect Stafford back and we expect Stafford healthy. But if look, you put any quarterback into that situation, young, old, experienced, not, who's he going to throw the ball to? The younger he is and the less experienced he is, he's going to say, I'm going to lock yeah. on to Cooper Cup no matter what. Cooper Cup's the guy, yeah. I, I, I think that Trey Lance would be interesting for the Rams, but they don't have the draft capital to trade to the 49ers to get him. Um, yes. But but Lance would be a guy you would think that would just be targeting uh, Cup all the, all the live long day, if that were the case. Cup is an interesting guy to me because he's going right by Jonathan Taylor as well. And those are two players that I'm always like, when I'm drafting in the mid-first, I'm always like, fingers crossed, I hope these guys are off the board and I don't have to make that decision. Um, but I have, an easy I, decision. I have I have Cup uh, on one team, I think. I have Taylor on a couple of them. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's it's going to be a, a fun adventure. A beautiful mystery, as Aaron Rodgers would say. Drew in Greenville, South Carolina. What do you think Irv Smith will do taking over for Hayden Hurst in Cincinnati? And I read that last year in an offense with Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst still had 14% of the target share in that passing offense, and the tight ends in general in Cincinnati had 17%. Irv Smith is a former first-round pick. He's flashed. He just hasn't been healthy. Best ability, availability, he hasn't shown that as much as we'd want. But now he's like 17th, 18th round in the never-too-early tournament, Farrell. To me, that's a little bit too low. I, th I think that, that there's something to uh, – to Irv Smith on a prove it deal in one of the best offenses in the NFL. You should draft Irv Smith in the 29th, 30th round. I refuse to answer questions about Irv Smith. Why why do you now what's the issue with Irv Smith? Why well, do you not like Irv Smith? He's a good player, but he's never likely to be a player that can deliver you a fantasy championship. Go with a rookie. Go with Dalton Kincaid. Hope the Raiders take him. I like go Dalton Kincaid quite a bit. Go, yeah. go with go, go with Irv has there's been much talk about Irv doing it. He's never done it. Mm -hmm. When he's healthy and on the field, he hasn't done it. And like most players that are not on the field, he can't do it. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just not there. And have you ever had a Cincinnati tight end do anything for you? Hayden Hurst just got a very significant contract to get out of there. He's a talented player. It's not a position <coughs> that they really want to do anything with. In, in Cincinnati, it makes very little sense to me. I'm trying to think. Now you got me rolling back the years here in my head. When's the last time that Cincinnati had a difference maker at tight end? Mm -hmm. um, I well, feel they like have good players there. They don't make a difference. What? Was was Tony McGee? Am I making that up? Was he a tight end for the Bengals? Okay. Know. All right. Really <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, we could we could spend 20 minutes talking about this. Paul in Brockton, Massachusetts. Hello, gentlemen. I seem to be getting Samaj P. Ryan in all my drafts right now. What am I missing? Joante Williams probably won't be ready. And all the guys Denver had last year are gone. Thanks, HSFFOR. Thank you, Paul in Brockton, Massachusetts. So, so right now you are looking at Samaj P. Ryan with an ADP of running back 41 at the 1110. Behind Alexander Madison, Kenneth Gainwell, and Damian Harris. Man, Alexander Madison's going way too low. Uh, and then he's ahead of Deontay Foreman, Antonio Gibson, and Kareem Hunt. He 
is the starter right now in Denver, Farrell. But I, I got to believe the Broncos are going to be investing in a running back, maybe not on day one or day two, but there's definitely going to be a guy that's going to take snaps away. And while I don't think Javante Williams starts the season um, week one, I, I don't think he'll be ready. I do think he'll be ready at some point this year. And whether you think he is going to be successful or not, to me, is moot because Denver's still going to put him out there. That's going to take away from Pirine. I like Pirine in the 11th round just fine right now, though. I think Pirine's a very good player. I'll pass on this situation because I just don't know enough about it. And I think Williams is right on schedule to be a force in the Denver backfield. I don't see any reason why we should look in any other way uh, other than Javante Williams playing uh, running back for the Denver Broncos this year. And they keep signing running backs. And you're exactly right. They're likely to draft one. Um, you no. Know. <laughs> um, the thing that I guess that scares me with Williams is like the reports that we've heard and read, it was not a traditional, you know, simple ACL tear. I mean, there was some other damage done in that mm -hmm. knee. And I just worry about that from, you know, mm -hmm. a guy who's young. Denver wants to treat him, you know, with, with kid gloves, like, like to make sure that he is all the way back. Um, before, um, you know, they put him out back in harm's way again. Now, they did sign Tony Jones. I mean, I, I don't know if, if there's anything there. Tyler Batty, remember we talked about Tyler Batty um, uh, quite a bit last year. And you know who else is on the roster, Farrell? Oh, yeah, Tyreek McAllister. Tyreek McAllister, baby. You have yeah. Tyreek there, so there's, uh, yeah, some good things happening. Um, hey, God Vernment, actually, uh, from Brockton, Massachusetts as well. Uh, so maybe he knows Paul. I don't know. It could be final email tonight that we have from Eddie in Buffalo, probably not too far away from where Paul is. Yeah. Dear Balky and Farrell, how concerned are you about Russell Wilson's knee scope? Given that Sean Payton does not want to talk about it at all with the media. Thank you, Eddie in Buffalo. This is interesting, Farrell, because when I heard about this knee scope for, for Wilson, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, he's got the whole off season, but then Sean Payton, I don't want to say he went out of his way, but he didn't have to say he's like, I, I the, the quote was something like, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to talk about that. And I don't think we're going to be talking about that at all, which to me is a little standoffish is how I read it. And then I was start, started thinking, well, is there more to this than, than Denver's letting on? So I don't know. I, I haven't made up my mind totally on this, but I, there is a little bit of, of skittishness that I have in drafting uh, the Denver in, in drafting players in the Denver offense, not only because of, um, what we saw last year in that abomination of a season, but now knowing that Russell Wilson's on the wrong side of 30, his coach doesn't want to talk about this knee scope. I don't know, man. Am I reading too much into this? I think you're using uh, investigative techniques to um, dissect coach speak. And, of course, well, Peyton has gotten very, very comfortable behind the microphone, um, and, and he basically uh, – I, I don't think he – he suffers – he's not going to give Harbaugh-esque answers to questions. He's going. He wants to tell the truth when he doesn't know the truth and when he's a little bit beyond the situation of understanding what it is. He says, I'm not going to talk about it. It's mm -hmm. kind of like me and Irv Smith. I can't figure out what <laughs> it is, so I really just don't want to talk. But, uh, you know <sighs> – are you really concerned based on what you saw from Russell Wilson that some other NFL quarterback couldn't step in there and elevate these players' uh, fantasy football potential? Well, and they they signed – I mean, didn't Jarrett Stidham sign a pretty healthy backup quarterback contract uh, with Denver as well? Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I think there's something to be said for that. And, 
And um, Russell Wilson right now, quarterback 17 at the 10-10 behind Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and Geno Smith right ahead of Trey Lance and a guy who's dealing with a knee injury of his own, Kyler Murray. Uh, who is going? He's now fallen to the eleventh round. So we'll we'll I'm, we're going to update people. I, I think the Broncos' uh, offense is is going to be a fun one to talk about over the next few months um, with Judy and Sutton and Dulcich there, and obviously Javante Williams. We we touched on our, uh, already on the show tonight. I think it's going to be a fun thing to talk about over the next few months, and I can't wait to do it with you, my friend, every single Friday. Thank you so much for hopping aboard again uh, tonight. Really appreciate it. KFFSC.com. Sign up for the main event there. Uh, we, we, uh, we can't thank you enough, Farrell. I, I learn so much each and every week. I will look forward to chatting with you soon, my friend, and we'll see you next Friday. You got it. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, uh, KFFSC.com at KFFSC official on Twitter. That is where you want to go for all the information on not only the KFFSC run to daylight, but the main event as well. I want to thank Paul Van Oostbeen. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for listening, for watching, for viewing tonight. Uh, so, so much fun to have. We got a good, healthy audience in here tonight, too, which is great uh, for the last day of March in 2023. We will be back next Friday. Oh, uh, I should have kept Farrell on for this. 10 9 Central with 2022 nine-time FFPC league champ and Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship legend, Craig Campbell, will be joining the show next week. So that is going to be a fun one. Uh, you can watch the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown live at 10-9 Central on Tuesday night on all the FFPC social media channels with me and another FFPC player chopping it up. And, of course, don't forget about the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network. It goes live Thursday night, not only at 7-6 Central, not only on bettersports.com, but as well as the FFPC YouTube and Twitter channels. I'm going to have on Late Round and Living the Stream podcast host, JJ Zacharyson, for the full two hours. That's going to be a fun one as well. If you're looking for action for fantasy football, myffpc.com is your home. Win $25,000 in the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Uh, win $5,000 in the Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament, which has two spots left. We're just looking at two spots remaining. You can draft live on April 26th. That is the only league that we currently have open in that. Uh, 35 bucks to get into that. And, of course, don't forget uh, that both tournaments will run all the way up until the start of the NFL draft. Then they will stop. Uh, and whatever is sold at that point, whatever has been drafted at that point, that is who will be competing as we will not have any drafts in those tournaments after the NFL draft. Adopt a dynasty orphan today at myffpc.com. Discounted, reduced price teams ranging from the 77 level all the way up to the $2,500 level. And some of those teams are much, much uh, lower than that in price. Uh, move to sell or price to sell as they are, price to move at myffpc.com slash dynasty. And of course, don't forget that you can win a $1 million grand prize in the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship at just a $350 entry fee at myffpc.com. Register for the early bird promo by June 1st and then draft that team by June 15th. You'll get a free $35 league credit. And if you want to do it up to three times, you'll get up to three credits. That's $105 in free FFPC teams. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this FFPC video and the FFPC uh, YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate it because we'll be able to bring you great content like you witnessed tonight, um, aside from me, of course. <laughs> that is going to do it for our show, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you here uh, at the same time uh, on Tuesday for the Road of His High Stakes Slowdown. And then Farrell and I will be back with Craig Campbell next Friday at 10, 9 Central. Be good, everybody. Thanks for watching.
this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. A uh, special shout out to um, my daughter, uh, Emma, who is actually turning eight years old tomorrow. Uh, she'll watch this and get a, a big kick out of it. So happy birthday, sweetheart. Love you so much. We'll, we'll have a big party tomorrow as long as it involves watching college basketball and maybe drafting some fantasy football teams as well. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next Friday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.